On November 20th, Boston-area parents, providers, and local advocates held a rally in the Boston Common in support of a bill that would establish an affordable, high-quality early education and child care program for all Massachusetts families. Programs would be available in the same settings in which they are now, early education and child care centers, as well as private homes and schools. During the rally, it was brought up that the failure to address the inadequate current funding for these programs will adversely affect the next generation of vulnerable children and would widen the achievement gap in early childhood education. The proponents of the Common Start Bill and Passage would increase the public investment in early education and child care, giving all children in our Commonwealth the same opportunity for a quality start in their education and in their lives. What we hear most commonly from families um, within my community, specifically in Dorchester, is that they're really having to choose between putting their children at risk in a paycheck. So that's why it's so incredibly important that we get this bill funded, that we are able to expand access to and affordability of early education and care. Um, we also know that life outcomes are determined at a really young age for children. So kids that have access to school at an earlier age are less likely to be incarcerated, less likely to experience teen pregnancy, um, and have better life outcomes in the end. Families desperately need this kind of support that the Common Start Bill can deliver. Specifically, folks are struggling every day. They're handling one, two, sometimes even three jobs to sort of piece together their, their resources just to get by. And then on top of that, they're being asked to, to pay for uh, you know, early education services. And it's just too much to ask. So here with Common Start, if we can deliver this bill, and if the State House really listens um, you know, to us, this bill will provide access to high quality early education, be able to subsidize and reduce the cost of that care um, so that families will be able to afford to send their children uh, to school. Right now our system of early education and care is, is truly pay to play. Wealthy families can afford to send their children to fantastic programs to give them a, 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 an early start at pre-literacy, pre-numeracy. Kids from uh, uh, more disadvantaged backgrounds don't have that access right now. They start kindergarten further behind and are less likely to catch up over time and make use of our fantastic K-12 system in Massachusetts. This is truly uh, the starting block for uh, economic and social life, and we need to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to start out from the same place. Families need support to make sure that their children receive high quality early education and care from birth. In an economy when so many parents, both parents are working in a household, Education really is outsourced from the beginning, and in order to start kindergarten ready to learn, children need education beginning in infancy at early education centers or in family child care. And this legislation would provide funding to make it possible for families to afford high quality education and care for their families, and also to ensure that teachers are paid fairly on par with public school K-12 teachers, which is so essential for the workforce stabilization in this field. On November 20th, the Salvation Army staff and volunteers ensured a happier Thanksgiving for more than 10,000 Boston individuals and families as they provided Thanksgiving food baskets to help those in need across five Boston area locations. The Salvation Army's 2,000 Thanksgiving care boxes were distributed to families to take home and help make their holidays brighter. The Salvation Army estimates it will need $175 million, almost 50% more than raised through Red Kettle in 2022, to help Americans in their homes this holiday season. 
Donations to the Kettles make it possible for the Salvation Army to continue to provide year-round life-changing services for those in need. Hundreds of families will come in here and, and it's a great thing for volunteers to, to look people in the eye and, and see the appreciation they have. You're helping get families together at an important time of the year. And you also see the looks on people's faces. You can see there's hope that's going out as well as the food that's going to be on their table on, on Thanksgiving Day. And it's, there is a reward for the people who serve. There's a reward for the people who come in and participate. And it's just a great way to start the holidays and help people. We've done this for years. Um, I really like doing this because I like to see people always like having turkeys and Thanksgiving. It's just like showing love and making sure everyone is like sharing. So this is why Thanksgiving is one of my favorite um, holidays. Throughout the pandemic, people have been struggling with isolation, struggling with a lot of the challenges of this past year. And opportunities like this provide for not only those who are coming to receive the assistance, um, but also those who are coming to provide the assistance. We've had a record turnout of volunteers at this location to come and help others. It's, it's just that reminder that people want to be part of a supportive community. And so I believe that an event like this, at a time like this, is critical for our healing and, and the continued hope um, for the future. We know the issues of food insecurity, particularly around the holidays, are paramount. And I really love the fact that the Salvation Army is giving away 28,000 pounds of food, particularly for families that uh, are having a hard time making ends meet. We know that 30% of our population lost their jobs. There's still people who are working and are one shift away from being able to provide for their families. And so this was incredibly important uh, for the Salvation Army and all the volunteers that are here today to make sure that 500 plus families here, but over thousands across Salvation Army sites are getting a beautiful Thanksgiving meal so that they can come together as a family um, and we can work on issues of food insecurity all year round. On November 22nd, Mayor Michelle Wu signed an ordinance requiring the city of Boston to divest from fossil fuel, tobacco, and private prison industries by the end of 2025. Following through with her committed stance to reducing carbon and shifting to renewable energy, Wu leads Boston in a divestment movement, a policy that is being enacted in many other cities, universities, and private funding institutions. The ordinance prohibits the use of public funds from being invested in any company that derives more than 15% of its revenue from fossil fuel products, including gas, oil, and coal. With this ordinance, the mayor is moving towards a green economy which many contend will be more profitable, healthier, and create more jobs than an economy based on the continued use of fossil fuel products. It's an exciting day for the city of Boston because we're seeing that we can take big steps for our future. I'm a mom and what I think about more than anything else is making sure our kids, all of our kids, their kids will have the city that they deserve, that is healthy and safe and opened up with opportunity. But we're losing out on time. Every minute that goes by, every step that goes by, every dollar that we spend, we need to be connecting to building that future for everyone. And so today's progress is truly a big step in that direction. We've been working on this for many years now, and I'm so proud that Boston is one of the first cities in the country to take this action. The fact of the matter is a budget is a statement of values. 
and how we choose to talk and walk need to be consistent as a city. We have talked about being greener, we have talked about being cleaner, but where our money was being invested didn't line up with that. Today, the two are walking together our money, our values, we are making sure that we are truly investing in the most fiscally responsible way, but also in a way that provides for a future for our children's children's children. We have to leave the city a better place. We have to be stronger as a city, and this is the best way to do this. As many of you have already read the details, upon signature, this is moving $65 million. $65 million immediately away from fossil fuels and preventing any more investments going forward. Right off our coast here, Boston Harbor is part of the Gulf of Maine. It is the second fastest warming body of water on the planet. Boston is at the center of this dangerous science experiment which is taking place on, um, uh, on this planet with the fossil fuel companies using us as the experiment. What the mayor is signing today is a declaration of independence from the oil, gas, and coal industries. Climate change is the greatest test we face, maybe we've ever faced as a species. And it's not that we don't know what to do, we do. Um, we understand now how to take the power of the sun and the wind and make them do our work for us. but. We can't get there as long as the fossil fuel industry is in the way. And that's why things like divestment are so crucial. By weakening that industry, they open up the possibility for rational action. On November 22nd, Mayor Michelle Wu, City Councilor Ed Flynn, city officials and volunteers distributed Thanksgiving dinners to the residents of Torrey Unidad Housing in the South End. Showing up with holiday cheer and holiday dinners with all the fixings was greatly appreciated by the residents who live there. Nostalgic stories of Thanksgiving's gone were exchanged and the feeling of social connection between all the residents and volunteers delivering their meals was wafting through the hallway of this BHA affordable housing building. This building is occupied by seniors and persons with disabilities. Opening their doors to a friendly face, a holiday dinner and a listening ear meant a lot to the recipients of these holiday meals as new Thanksgiving memories were made on this day. Our elders are just so important to this city and you know we need to do everything we can to help them grow old in the city that they've lived their lives and you know they deserve that respect, they deserve that love and you know that's what Age Strong and BHA and our resident communities are trying to deliver to them today. This BHA development here we have a lot of seniors, we have a lot of persons with disabilities, and our seniors and persons with disabilities helped build this city and helped build our country. We came here to say thank you to them. We're thank you, thankful for their incredible service and sacrifice to our country, and uh, just so wanted to be here supporting our seniors in need. This building houses um, older adults and people with disabilities. Um, this is the time of year that we should be thinking about our older residents now and, and all throughout the year, thinking about them, making sure that they get the supports they need and the services, and that we're building those connections and really breaking down that social isolation that can happen. When we get to this age in our life, uh, a lot of times we don't have any family. We rely a lot on, on services, city services. It, it's important that we remember who we are 
and um, that we ne all need to take care of each other and give thanks on this Thanksgiving Day. I am so grateful for our seniors who have done so much to build our communities, to raise us, to pave the way. And so our responsibility now is to really celebrate our community members and, and ensure that we are meeting our seniors where they're at. On November 27th, Boston Fire Truck Ladder 16 delivered special guests Santa, Mrs. Claus, and Boston Mayor Michelle Wu to the 37th annual Roslindale Tree Lighting in Adams Square. The countdown and lighting of the tree delighted the crowd of nearly 1,000 and certainly warmed up this chilly, late fall Saturday afternoon. Many of the ornaments that hung from the lighted tree were made by attendees and volunteers. In addition, neighborhood pets strutted their stuff in the Rain Dog Costume Contest, and young aspiring acrobats from Circus Up performed for the enthusiastic crowd of local neighbors and lovers of tree lightings from all around town. Also known as Small Business Saturday, Shop Local was one of the themes of this year's event, and locals from the area seemed to relish getting together with their fellow neighbors for the annual Roslindale tree lighting. It's so exciting to be down here again and see the lights flicker on that tree, to be here with my family and all of our neighbors. Uh, we haven't seen people around in a while, and I'm, you know, just like everyone else. And um, seeing those lights turn on with all these folks around, you know, it gives me hope for this season that we're going to get to actually spend time with our family, have dinner with our grandparents again. So we're just really excited. This year in particular, the lights coming on, I think, is just a reminder of the importance of our community and how, um, you know, special it is to be able to connect with one another again. And uh, it's a similar feeling that we have at the farmer's market each week, just seeing our neighbors um, being able to say hi and kind of celebrate this um, joyous occasion and, you know, especially after a year off to be able to come together again this year has been really special. When we illuminate the tree, it's symbolic of the generosity and the hope that we have in this community. I think that we've had a ton of hardship, but we've had even more showing up for uh, each other. And I think when we come together, first of all, after being isolated for so long, it encourages us. But when we turn on that tree, it reminds us that we are one community and that our generosity, our hope, and our love for each other will always help us overcome. And that's why we do it every year. Under COVID, we've seen sort of the capacity for disruption, the capacity for, for really having to change the ways in which we've lived our lives. The only thing that I have seen match that is our capacity to give, our capacity to love, and our capacity to take care of one another. And I've seen that exhibited daily uh, by folks in our community. So I'm really grateful to all of you uh, who are here, all of the folks who have helped somebody in the last two years, all the folks who have made calls to seniors or helped drop off supplies or were giving out food. I just deeply am appreciative for the ways that we've come together as a community.